It's time for JT the Brick. Big Boy Radio. And we're going balls out. Are you with me on this? Do me a favor and surprise me today. Shot down the field. Wide open Adams. Has it at the 20. 10-yard line. Goodbye. Touchdown Raiders. You can't say they're rebuilding with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, and Devontae. Down to five on the play clock. Gets the snap. Hands off to Jacob. Stutters to the right. Burst through the hole. 20. 25-30. He's off to the races. Here in Seattle. Nobody's going to catch him. 25-20, 10, full game! JT the Brick. You don't bring in Jimmy Garoppolo if you're rebuilding. Oh, I'm going to bring get the silver and black back to where it should be. I am ready to go. Wake up this town. Did I miss anything? Call and let's see what you got. And now, Woo! here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. We are ready to roll today. Feels like the 4th of July is on the horizon. It is. We're supposed to have our first 100-degree day today. And uh, maybe that'll start a new record. The longest amount of time since 64, 65, we break the record without having a 100-degree day, which I think everybody is happy about, even the pool party people who are upset. Ooh, Bobby, we're only at 94. We're going to get to 99, maybe 100 between 4 and 5 p.m. during QSO show. So we'll see what happens there. I'll be in the pool. I'll be ready to roll, and I'm ready to do another show. And then I'll be back after the 4th of July, going to San Diego to play a little golf, uh, do some things with some friends, and then I'll be ready to roll. Head will come up for air for a little bit. We'll do a couple of weeks of Raiders all-time team radio. I'm pumped up about that. I got a wedding. My nephew is getting married back in New York at the end of July. I'll dip away for a long weekend there. And then August, man, what I'm doing with the Raiders, man, I'm excited. Some new news for me. Be doing some cool new things for the Raiders in the preseason. And we'll be doing everything we're doing. Podcast, interviews, coaches show, all of that. So it's coming. It's coming as the Raider vacation for the players and coaches are coming to an end here in about a week. Uh, The Hall of Fame's been great to me the last couple of years, but I'm not going this year because there's no Raiders getting in. In the last couple of years, we've been really fortunate. Tom Flores and Cliff Branch. Wow. Memories of a lifetime for me. MC in both those parties. Cliff Branches, I kept the secret. Diana Ross came out. Diana Ross came out. At Cliff Branch, as a surprise, gold jackets were falling down. Like, like, what the, what? Yeah, that was for Cliff Branch. What a job Mark Davis and the Raiders did for that. And now uh, we'll just see how this Hall of Fame goes. And then the Raider preseason. Wow, what a schedule. Niners, Dallas, Rams. Woo! Plus the dual workouts against some of those teams. Niners, it's going to be an interesting preseason as I pray at the altar. I, I don't I go to church here, Bishop Gorman, my church, Holy Spirit. And I also... I'm having fun with this. I pray at the altar of Jimmy G, hoping that Jimmy G is ready to go because we're all waiting on that news. We want to see Jimmy G at training camp. Oh, we want to shine the light in the sky at night in Henderson, uh, the portrait of Jimmy G saying he's ready to go because if he's ready to go, this offense is bleeping loaded, loaded. And then everybody's going to have to pivot on NFL Live, NFL Today, whatever those shows are called. And they're all going to have to talk about, oh, maybe the Raiders will be good this year with that offense. Also, tomorrow I'm going to get into season win totals. Raiders at 6.5. I've seen a 7. If you're betting the Raiders and the season total, bet now to go over, get bet now to go over that number. Because I think when Jimmy G comes back and plays in training camp, the number's going to go up a half 
which could be the difference on you making money or not. So a lot of things I want to get to as we open up the show. And I want to thank our great partner, Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Mount Gay Rum presents Yachtly Crew at Chaos Pool at the Palms on Friday, coming up tomorrow, June 30th, and Saturday, July 1st. Man, that pool is going to be going off thanks to Mount Gay Rum. What a great job they're going to have there. Enjoy Mount Gay Rum, giveaways, models, models, and great music. Get your tickets now. This is a big event coming up with one of our partners. Like to get you out there. It's going to be hot. Get in the pool. Get in the pool at Chaos and have a Mount Gay Rum. And Yachtly Crew will be there at Chaos Pool. We're excited about that. All right, a couple of things I want to get to here in the opening of the monologue. I just got off the phone with Raider Mort. I always say that because Mort's one of the great Raider fans of all time. He is helping me along with four or five other guys, including former Raiders, to build this all-time Raiders team, which is just associated with radio. This is not the Raiders, Raiders all-time team. This is just something fun we're going to do starting July 6th. And we got to get two players at each position. So that's not hard. Right, but when it comes to overall positions, we're capping out. We're capping out the receivers at four. We're capping out the linebackers at four. We're capping out the safeties at four, which gives us a little room at the safety position because you got free and strong. But I'm just going to combine the four best safeties, and we got four corners. Four corners, right? So we're going to have four cornerbacks. The offensive line, we want to have two of everybody. Two right tackles. Two guards on each side. Now, here's where we can have fun with the guards. We're going to have two right guards, two left guards. But we don't have to play really by the rules there. We can include offensive linemen instead of guards if there's an overflow of tackles that you want to put in. So, again, I'm going to have two right tackles, two left tackles. We're going to go offensive line. In the interior of the offensive line, there's six guys, right? Two guards, two centers. Uh, on each side, two guards right and left and two centers. That's six. So if I got to fit in three centers and leave out a guard, I might do that because I got three centers right now on the all-time team. In my all-time team, I got to get them in. So I might have to give up a guard. I might have to give up a right guard. But I'm not going to – there's a couple of guards I'm not going to touch. So what I'm saying is it's hard. This is really hard. And I want to include a few modern-day guys which is going to be almost impossible to do because it's almost impossible to include a modern-day player who played in the 2010 era to 2022. It's hard to include a player there. Think about it. You know, you, you look at Woodson, Charles Woodson, obviously, but you, you kind of look around and you say, oh, who am I going to take here? It's hard, right? Rich Gannon? Wink, wink, right? Of course. So it's not that easy because the greatness of the Raiders – it's supposed to be in its future, and it is, but the greatest Raiders of all time played in the late 60s throughout the entire 70s and into the 80s. No debate. That's where they are. So we're going to have to tell some stories. We're going to have to go back in the day. I'm going to enlist you, you know, Dave in Denver, Raider Dave, uh, Cisco, you know, all the Chris in West Oakland, all of our great listeners who call in all the time, and you've been on hiatus lately, so I'm going to get back to you all after that. You all been on a break. We're going to get you all to kind of tell stories. I need to hear stories. What's the difference between Dan Connors and Phil Villapiano? I need to know. I need to know the difference between these guys if you saw them play. Would you include Ben Davidson and Lyle Alzado and Matuzak? Or you're going to go Howie Long and Greg Townsend. 
and some of the other players there. Where are you going to put the Mad Stork? He's a lock. He's an outside linebacker in my world. Talk to someone about him being considered an edge rusher and what an overall hybrid. He's the greatest hybrid player of all time. I want to say that right now. The greatest hybrid player to ever play on defense is Ted Hendricks, the Mad Stork, because he could play on special teams. He blocked field goals. He blocked punts. He sacked a quarterback. He intercepted the ball and tackled. Something we've been desperately trying to find in the Raider Nation at the linebacking position since Greg Beekert and Kirk Morrison, to name a few. We just can't find them. I guess they're telling me Divine Diablo's the guy this year. I hope so. We're try- crossing my fingers he can do that. And Robert Spillane. Just tackle. Please, just tackle. Guys running, just bring him down to the ground and, and knock down Kelsey. Just hit Kelsey. Get a penalty. Do whatever you got to do. Kelsey's out here, by the way, playing golf with Steph Curry. Starting today, he's chirping. He's just ripping the Raiders every chance he gets. Every chance Kelsey gets, and I'd like a phone call on this, 702-365-9200. Because in our pre-show meeting, Bobby and I said, we were talking about Kelsey, and I said, who is the number one enemy individual of the Raiders right now? Number one enemy of the Raiders right now. Travis Kelsey's on my list. He might be number one. I need to hear from you. See, I'm giving you summer topics to wake you up here. Okay, this is an algebra, everybody. I'm not having you go retake chemistry in college here. But the number one enemy of the Raider Nation right now, individual player, is blank. Kelsey's on the list. Maybe you have someone better than that. It might be Russell Wilson because he's coming to get you. That guy's coming. Russell Wilson now leaned up. He's been called back home by Sean Payton to get in the weight room and get rid of his personal trainer and, you know, the dancers that come along with him and everything. He might be number one on on your hatred list. It might be Patrick Mahomes who's playing golf with Kelsey. I'll give Mahomes credit. Mahomes doesn't run around trashing the Raiders. He doesn't. Mahomes is classy. You want to beat him every day. You want to beat him all the time. But Kelsey is running his mouth on how well he does in Vegas, how he wins. He's never lost in Vegas. He's never lost in Vegas and all the success that he's having. So with all that, you know, I I get some meat on the bone today. The number one enemy is in town. For me, it's Travis Kelsey. He's tearing up that wind course, and I don't mean a good way. He's getting divots all over the place, hitting ground balls all over there for TV tonight, and he's going to be a clown. He's just going to be a guy who's going to – he'll take a shot. This is on TNT, the match. He will take shots at the Raiders, I promise you, multiple times. And Barkley's going to set him up. Johnny Katz reported that they were at the Lila. What a great great venue that is at Wynn. And they were there uh, last night. They all came in. So it was Steph. You know, they were there with Kelsey and Mahomes and Barkley. So believe me, they're going to give Kelsey a lot of low-hanging fruit to come after the Raiders on this broadcast coming up here. So, a couple other things. So, Raiders all-time team, that will start July 6th. I think we're starting with the offensive line, two per position, and we'll go from there. Some of it's going to be easy. You know, Art Shell's a lock. We know that. But what it's going to do is it's going to give us an opportunity, and we need to do this. One of the reasons why Mark Davis appreciates what I do is he knows that we have to tell a story every day to the new fans in Las Vegas. Something I'm proud to do. I think all of us do it, our brothers and sisters here on Raider Nation Radio. We have good stories to tell you about the old days, and hopefully our Vegas listeners are saying, man, I, never, I don't know who Ben Davidson is. Who's Greg Townsend? Uh, Mike Haynes? You should know who they are if you're a Raider fan. And we're going to do our job doing that with the Raiders Radio all-time team. So last night, I had a blast. Let me tell you what happened last night. 
oh, it was so good. It's worth telling the story for a few minutes. My wife's home. I'm home. My sons were working. They were getting ready to come home, and they wanted to go pick up burritos because they eat like animals, and they love burritos. So it's the seventh inning. The Yankees got a perfect game going, and I said, get home to both of them, right? They're in the same car. Get home. And they were trying to get home in time, and they did. And they got home in the ninth inning in Oakland. They were watching here in Vegas as Domingo Herman was throwing a perfect game in the biggity, biggity O against the A's who reportedly are coming here like in 35 years, I heard, or whenever they get here. And the Yankees are really playing poorly. I mean, they're not playing good at all. They've been, they lost 2-1 to one in Oakland the night before. But Herman had it going. And everyone on the A's was grounding out, popping up, and he was limiting his pitches. He ended up only throwing 99. There's been only four perfect games in Yankee history. Now, Don Larson, David Wells, David Cohn, there's been plenty of no-hitters. But last night in Oakland, history was made. And Herman, the righty, deals to the plate. Swung on, ground ball to third. Donaldson's up with it. He throws to first. Domingo Herman has pitched a perfect game. For the fourth time in the history of the New York Yankees, perfection attained. Herman being mobbed at home plate by a full Yankee dugout coming out to congratulate the 30-year-old from the Dominican Republic on a chilly night in Oakland, California. Domingo Herman has tossed the 24th perfect game in Major League history. That's truly incredible. Now, think about this for a second. There's only been four. There was only three before that in Yankee history, dating back to the 27 Yankees. You would have think it would have been easier in the 30s or 40s to get a perfect game. No. And they got it here. For a guy who gave up 10 runs in his last game, 10 runs, was suspended this year for the sticky substance for 10 games, and has a track record of domestic abuse. I think he was suspended for 80 games. Okay, but his uncle just died. And he's rebuilding his name. There's a, lot, there's a lot to talk about with this kid. He doesn't speak English. He talked to the interpreter through the interpreter after the game. But it was great to see. My, my boys were really young. And my boy, I had a boy that was born in right before uh, 9-11 in 2001 and then one in 2003. And we watched a lot of great Yankee games. And when my wife and I met, that's when the Yankees were in their dynasty run. So we watched a lot of games when the kids were babies in the stroller and saw all that. Then they were older and we took them to the Yankee games and we saw some pretty good games, the World Series in 09. But last night we were just around the house watching this go down and the joy that it brought me. So I went upstairs, I put the jersey on. My son said, Dad, we got to get a video. So I went out there with a cigar and a Modelo, get Modelo into the monologue, did a little video at JT the Brick. So it was an exciting night last night. A perfect game in baseball is one of the great achievements in sports, and to see that last night was very special. Had a great time. Now, I could use this as a battering ram to crush the A's. I could. And and you're right. Why why do that? We don't want to have to do that. There was a limited crowd there. And I always used to go up to Oakland and see the Yankees play when I lived there, and it was always a tough... I, I can't tell you how many times I walked back to the parking lot and the Yankees lost. More in Anaheim for me than even Oakland. And the fans would yell at you. They were really hard on you. They would point you out. Hey, man, you're a Yankee fan. Get out of here. We beat you. And there were so many open seats last night. And before the no-hitter, before the perfect game, I tweeted out that in Oakland right now, they should let every child with an adult in under 10 years old for free. 
there were sections for a perfect game in the lower bowl empty. Sections. That's not the second section in the outfield. And then they have the upper deck, and Raider fans know this, and A's fans, they used to tarp it. Remember the tarp? And they take the tarp off for the Yankees and the Red Sox. Imagine all the little boys and girls last night in Oakland. Summer, no school, that could have walked up, walked through the turnstile. John Fisher, the owner, could have gave them a free Coke or a free bottle of water if they don't want them drinking soft drinks, a little voucher for a popcorn, and they could have sat with their neighbors or parents or aunts and uncles and watched the perfect game. Let that sink in for a second because the place was bleeping empty. And this is Major League Baseball. So their AAA team here, the Aviators, are pretty much sold out all the time. It's a great experience. If it's not sold out, it's close. And they're the AAA team. So as much as I saw that last night afterwards, the Yankees celebrated on the field. They celebrated. That was a big moment. And the Yankee fans that were there came down behind the dugout to be there. I've done that before there. But the whole place was empty. What a shame. Oakland is such a great sports community. The DNA of sports in Oakland and the East Bay is so deep with the Raiders and going back to DiMaggio to San Francisco, the Seals, whatever you want to talk about the history of this sport. Go to the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame and you want to talk about a Hall of Fame in history. And to see that last night, I brought joy to me as a Yankee fan. And And how about this? You know how many Yankee fans didn't watch that game? My nephew told me today, he said, probably about 95%, 95% of all Yankee fans in New York missed it because Judge wasn't playing. They were playing the A's. They lost to the A's the night before, 2-1, to one, and it was midnight. So a lot of people missed it and woke up this morning and missed the perfect game. That's another big topic, start times for games where you can't even watch your team in a certain time zone back east. So that was something I wanted to fit into the monologue here. And then finally, I'll get to it coming up. Uh, Roger Goodell came down with the hammer of God and basically said, hey, you dummies who gamble. Hey, you idiots who gamble. You're done. So today was the day of reckoning for gambling in the NFL. Four more players suspended three for the season for gambling violations. And I'm telling you, when you look at these guys, they're like the three stooges. They gotta be the dumbest people you know. I mean, some of the stories I'm gonna read to you, I'm gonna talk about this more tomorrow. About if you can't quit gambling for 10 years at the age of 25 when you're making millions of dollars, no one can help you. How are you gonna budget your 401k in your retirement? Most athletes go broke who make millions. They can't even budget their money. Most, not some. And these guys are gambling, and one of them was gambling on props with a player on his own team. I mean, crazy. We live in Vegas. We have an advantage in Vegas, man. There are cameras everywhere. I always think someone's watching you or me when we're in Vegas. And these guys are paying the big price, especially Isaiah Rogers and Rashad Berry, for what they got caught for. So, big deal. They were released. They're gone. Their team's like, you, 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 we can't hold on to you, man. You, you cost yourself and us. It's bad light to our team. You're gone. So we'll get into that. So that's the monologue. We gave you a lot right there. I'd like to hear from you. Hey, if you have any ideas for me on this all-time Raider team, I want to hear from you. Because the biggest decision I have to make is how many players at each position, I want to cap it at two, position groups, wide receivers at four, linebackers at four, safeties at four, corners at four, kickers at two, punters at two, maybe an honorable mention, quarterbacks at three, 
right? And we're going to build the all-time Raider team, and I need your help with this. I don't ask for much. We don't give away koozies here. We ask for good, entertaining, educated sports talk callers to come in. 702-365-9200. He's the head of the Black Hole in Vegas. Black Hole Cisco checking in. How are you, buddy? What's going on, JT? It's been a long time, man. How you been? Summer's good. I'm hoping to see you a lot. I, well, we know we're going to see each other a lot starting here in July and August. We'll catch you up a lot. How's your summer going? It's going well. It's going well. I can't complain. I, I can't complain. But, uh, man, the reason I'm calling in, not that you you know, you know called me out, but I was uh, I was getting stirred up, man. I, I, I saw Kelsey's little comments mm-hmm. and – you know, you you live on it. I go, I'm, man. I'm calling in. I only had a few minutes, so I pulled over. Had to call in. Yeah, I, I that guy. He he burns my hide. Burns my hide. I Casey's my number one. Everybody would think it would be the uh, the the uh, the girly gold and, and ruby red across the bay that I lived at for many many years. But no, man. It's it's the uh, it's the McDonald's colors team. KC, man. I can't can't stand them and. Uh, Kelsey's just right up there, man. I never say I hate a player, but that guy, I want my man Divine Diablo mm-hmm. to to give our buddy Foo a call, or I may call Phil, and then pass it on to Diablo. We need the bottle opener. The bottle opener. You remember the bottle opener yeah. that Foo did on OJ? That's, that's, what, that's what I want Diablo to do to Kelsey. You know, Cisco, I, Cisco what's interesting is, you know, I, I support violence in football, okay? I don't want to see dumb penalties. I don't want to see the Raiders lose a game because, you know, 15-yard roughing the passer that cost them the game. But Mahomes has got to go down, and Kelsey's got to go down. And I know Dave Ziegler wants disruption, especially on the defensive line. That's why they took Tyree Wilson to go along with Chandler Jones, who will have a better year. And Max is playing at a level that you rarely see around here. But you're right. There's got to be a linebacker that did what George Atkinson did at safety to Russ Francis that says the game has started, I'm taking you out of the game. I'm going to come after you on every play early in the first quarter. I'm going to get a penalty. I'm going to take you out of the game and make you understand that it's going to be a hard day. Raiders have never done that with Kelsey. Never. Nope. No. We haven't seen that in a long time since the Soul Patrol and – you know, foo and, and the mad stork, you're talking about them. That, 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 what they pinned us at, the criminal element. We need that criminal element back in a big way. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I hope they do it in a smart way because I think this regime wants smarter players that aren't going to get the team in trouble in a game with bad penalties. But we're both on the same page. You know this. You're out here and you got a big job and you got, uh, you know, the, you're the head of the black hole. When Kelsey's in town and he's playing golf and he's mocking the Raiders, that's got to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is for the Raiders to beat him and beat him here in Las Vegas. And that's got to start now because Kansas City looks to almost get better every year. They are a nemesis to this organization. They must be stopped. Yep. I'm right there with you. Hey, hey quickly, right before you go, how easy is it to go on the website, the black hole, and just click on membership? I saw Sibley was there. Sibley Skulls had a jacket and the new patch. Tell everyone how easy it is to get on the site and become a member of the black hole. Oh, man, just like what you said, theblackhole.com, pretty simple, pretty easy. We've made the, uh, the website very user-friendly. Um, I, I have my uh, morning calls with the web team. we got some, some things we're revising as far as adding the chapters on there. If you're out of state and you want to hook up with a chapter in your city, 
You'll know exactly where to find them to watch the game day parties that they're uh, where they're at, what they're doing. Um, yeah, and we're launching a whole new line of gear, women's. We're working on children. We got more things to come. But uh, yeah, the hot ticketed item that you know I was you know lucky enough to be rocking for a while now is the big patch in the back. We've been needing that for a very long time uh we finally got a good quality one i mean the thing looks like a decal you've seen it yeah it's nice um and that's uh you know it's 39.95 uh for members of the black hole if you become a member uh Mm -hmm. you get 20 percent off all our merchandise so we're not you know i'm not not i am a salesman by by (laughs) trade but i'm not not selling anybody i'm not selling anybody on 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 the black hole i I believe we have a commodity we have a a a family that sells itself so you know you guys if you know raider nation you know the black hole you know what we're about and uh we welcome you like family with the aloha spirit and uh and if you if you don't join we welcome you just the same so, uh, yeah, we would appreciate, you know, you guys joining the family. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to this year. You got it, buddy. Take care. See you soon. There he is, Cisco, president of the Black Hole here in Las Vegas. He's got a big job along with Mark. They're trying to get more and more memberships around the country. And I think it's a pristine pristine job. I want to go down in history as a great father and a great husband before radio host, but part of my legacy, I won the first ever Jim Rome Smackoff, and I'm the first member in the Black Hole Hall of Fame. Those are things that I wear proudly, and I love talking about it. Join the Black Hole at theblackhole.com. One of my favorite newsmen is going to join us, Dana Wagner. Dana's coming in. Always great to have him. He's a Dodger fan. He also was a big part of the parade. He was on the roof of Dre's with his wife, Kim, and they saw the parade from underneath him. We'll ask him about the Vegas Golden Knights. Our friend Joe Arrigo is going to join us at 105. He knows UNLB football recruiting as good as anybody I know. And also, Bishop Gorman football, and they got beat a little bit lately, nationally and locally. Bishop Gorman number two nationally. Bishop Gorman football, he'll have the skinny on that and what's happening with high school football and college football with UNLV. We welcome all fans to call in for all sports, especially high school and UNLV football, where it seems like UNLV is both basketball and football really recruiting well. 702-365-9200 is our number. Thanks to Cisco for checking in. If the president of the Black Hole can call, you can call too on who's the number one single enemy player to the Raider Nation this summer. take you back to 2022 in the month of maybe April. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say hell yeah. All right now. That's Travis Kelsey, who's in town, as we're brought to you by Resorts World. Head on out to Doghouse Saloon, home of my Monday night football show during the course of the year. And Kelsey is public enemy number one in the Raider Nation. He's here playing golf against Steph Curry, Patrick Mahomes, everyone who's here. So that's a big deal going over at the win today. 
Lee Hacksaw Hamilton, one of the most important sports talk hosts ever, the franchise, the king of Southern California, kind enough to join us. And Lee, happy to get you. I'm on my way to San Diego this weekend, and uh, you're on the way soon to the cottage back in New York. How are you? How you doing, JT? Yeah, I'm heading out on vacation, although I'm going to continue to do stuff on my website and continue to do my podcast, but really busy time in the world of sports, and it's it's just really intriguing, all the storylines between what's just come down on the NFL, what's happened in the NBA with the draft, uh, the, the baseball pennant races are upside down, and the National Hockey League has completed its draft, and it's on the brink of free agency. So there's a lot going on. Well, Lee, knowing that I'm based in Vegas and we couldn't get professional sports here, Golden Knights finally, the Aces, the Raiders, and now all of a sudden gambling's fine because the revenue is so enormous that these leagues have to have a piece of it. But Roger Goodell's coming down with the hammer, and I think the rules are pretty simple for players that can't be on their app in the building or traveling or on the team bus, team hotel on the road. You can't bet on football. You can't be in a sports book. And they got a number of guys, and today was a big day. Where do you think the league is on this issue from an integrity issue? Roger Goodell's got to be concerned about it. Well, I think they have to, too. Um, It's just the stupidity of players, and most of them are young players. Most of them obviously haven't paid attention when they go to the rookie seminar and they hand out the portfolio of all the things that the NFL offers its players, you know, from players who have problems to players who have mental health issues to players that might have substance abuse issues. All that's in the player handbook that they give these rookies, and it's obvious a bunch of these guys don't pay attention and have not read it. And there's some stupidity, too. And I think, you know, coupled by their posse, who they're friends with, it creates issues. You know, the prime prime example is the kid in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. the starting cornerback Isaiah Rogers, who's been expelled from the league. He's he's gone at least a year. He made over a hundred bets. He, I guess, used what they would call ghost bets. He had friends place bets for him on a different app. Uh, you know, and the, and the league has found out about it. Uh, I, I fear it's the tip of the iceberg. I think it's probably other places around the league. But they've really been proactive. I mean, they've mm-hmm. put the clamps down. Every team is now putting on seminars at each of their mini camps. It'll be reinforced when they go to preseason camp in July. But you got an issue because it's under the umbrella of the word integrity, and you'd never want anything to damage the integrity of the sport. But So now, now I think they're suspended. I think there's a total of eight at least. Mm-hmm. There's probably a couple more. You know, there's the rumor out there that there is a player – uh, that lost $8 million in, in major betting. That player's not been named, not been sanctioned yet. Got to believe where there's smoke, there's fire. So there's probably more discipline coming. But they'll, they'll get a handle on this, and this message is being reinforced at every one of these uh, facilities, every one of these training camps now. Hacksaw joins us. So you say that it could be the tip of the iceberg or that could be coming. What could be the downside here? Because we talk, I mean, you and I have talked about Pete Rose forever and the integrity of baseball and the sign that's in every clubhouse here. But, look, if someone goes rogue, like a referee, Tim Donahue, David Stern cleaned it up quickly. If someone turns out that there's a player that's crossing the line even more, tipping games or doing something, as long as the NFL comes down quickly and harshly with the wrath of God on this player, is that what they all, that's the only thing they can hope to do because... Football fans aren't going to leave the sport because they're concerned about gambling integrity. Could that happen? Well, there's, there's you know, multiple lanes here to deal with. One is what the player's responsibility to himself, his team, 
and the integrity of the NFL. There's the business aspect of it. The National Football League is obviously raking an enormous amount of sponsorship money. They, there's just a dividing line that players, these are the rules. They, you know, they put out the, the memorandum last week about the six key points. Yes. You, you can't do these six things. Period, exclamation point. There is no conversation in the side. I think they'll clean this up really, really quickly, but I still think there's probably more names out there from guys who've done stuff in the past. It's just you can't go down that road that you do anything or allow anything to happen that damages the integrity. So I, I think you'll see veteran players will stand up in these team meetings and they'll make pronouncements too because most of this is coming with a lot of these young guys. Hacksaw joins us. Uh, late last night, Domingo Herman threw a perfect game in Oakland. You know, let's get to the Oakland topic because I'm not the flagship of the A's. I don't want to give the A's too much of anything here in Vegas because I think they've done everything to destroy that franchise and they're looking at carpetbag Mark Davis and the plan and success financially so far of the Raiders and the Golden Knights here. And last night they were embarrassed after beating the Yankees 2-1 the night before. A perfect game thrown against them and that's hard to do. And now the A's got to tell their fans they might have to stay in Oakland and stay with that lease for a couple of years before they figure out Vegas. How are you covering the story? Well, I think that the entire situation is disgraceful. I think it's disgraceful that John Fisher has taken revenue share money and has put it in his pocket, has not reinvested it in the farm system, or to hold on to all his players. You go around and look at the baseball box scores, how many Oakland A's veterans or other places, led by Sean Murphy, having really good seasons? That's on ownership. And that ownership has had a low-budget franchise for a group of years. It's, it's on the city of Oakland simultaneously because I think it's a financially distraught community that just they can't pay their bills, much less take care of their school system and hospitals, and they don't have the, the resources in the world all to build a new stadium. And then I think it's on, on the commissioner's office. Uh, you, you allow this to happen, and it's on the union, which which has absolutely refused to put into place a cap to spending, cap, cap at the top or a floor to spending at the bottom. You know, JT, you and I have been doing this a long time. What makes the National Football League successful? Well, obviously it's a, it's a great revenue stream, but you add into the equation the National Football League uh, has revenue sharing, and the National Football League also has a floor to spending. Same thing in the NBA, same thing in the NHL. Baseball does not have it. Baseball allows what goes on in Oakland or what's happened in Pittsburgh or Kansas City or Cincinnati or Detroit, uh, all these small markets that are taking revenue shares and not reinvesting it in the the system. If you had a Florida spending where everybody had to spend, say, $120 million, because they're all getting revenue sharing, they're all making money, if you had to, had to spend $120 million, you'd find a lot of veteran players who'd go to Kansas City, mm-hmm. go to Oakland, or go to Pittsburgh and play because that's where the payday would be, and they would help those franchises to become more competitive, and you wouldn't be sitting there with an Oakland A's team at 20-61. and 61. Mm-hmm. So I, I think everybody shares blame in this, and in part the union shares blame because the union says, no, we don't want a Florida spending. Well, why the hell not? Because Tony Clark is there to represent not just Aaron Judge, He's there to represent the 34-year-old veteran pitcher who's a free agent who probably has one more payday. Why not the payday in Kansas City, Pittsburgh, et cetera? So I, just, I think it's just an ugly, ugly way to do business. I think it's a credibility blow. It's grossly unfair to the fans and the heritage of athletics baseball. But 
Oakland is such a messy situation. It's just it's it's like Montreal was when mm-hmm. the Expos finally moved to Washington D.C. because their owner had money problems with the, with the U.S. Canadian dollar issue, and they had a really old you know stadium that was falling down. So it's it's a bad scene. I don't know if they're going to wind up in Vegas. You'd, you'd like to think maybe they can. Uh, you know, if they have to go back to Oakland for the next two years. I just don't know that owner should be allowed to own that team just because of the way he's operated, and it's his condemnation of baseball of what they've allowed to happen. Great analysis from Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Hacksaw at Hacksaw 1090 is where to follow him on social media. I'm just shocked. I'll be in San Diego this week, and I'm going to catch a Padre game. 37-43. and 43. Now, when I think of that number with that lineup, and I know not everybody has been healthy, but overall looking at this, and last year they had a big payroll, and I don't know, you might think they're going to have big payroll for the next 30 years. I would doubt it. This window that they're in financially, moving the chips all in, for this type of performance, you hold this franchise accountable better than anybody I know. Who's accountable now? Who's taking the heat for this terrible start? Well, nobody's taken a heat yet because the media in this community right now is gutless. I mean, somebody should be screaming and yelling aside from what I've written on my website and what I've done on my podcast. Uh, you know, I, I put it at the front door of the general manager, A.J. Preller, because this is his roster, his players, his contracts, etc. You know, the owner is a fine man, Peter Seidler, and he's a fan of the game, which is why he pushed all of his wealth to the center of the table. But I could never understand giving anybody 10, 11, and 14-year contracts, and that's what he's done with the Stars. And he's still got to deal with the Juan Soto contract if Soto you know, has only got a year left before he becomes a complete free agent. Uh, it's too bad because they've wasted really great pitching, and they play gold glove defense, but they just don't hit. I mean, the metrics, JT, are staggering. I'll give you a prime example. They're fab four guys at the top of the batting order. We all know the names, the Tatises and the Sotos, etc. This team is hitting 201 with runners in scoring position. And they got guys on base all the time. 201 in the history of baseball, going back to the mm. 1880s JT, nobody has hit under, under 210 with runners in scoring position. And the Padres, with all these stars, are hitting 201. I mean, it's, to me, it's just staggering that they just have not been able to put the ball in play when they get ducks on the pond. And they don't make the playoffs. It's going to be horrific. And to complicate it, the owner gave the general manager an extension through 2027. Uh, so, you know, I don't know if he's going to eat the contract on A.J. Fuller. You can't trade the contracts. Nobody wants a 10-year contract at, at the price tags they're going to be paying. And there's also intangible aspect here. You know, you've followed the TV regional sports network crisis, and, uh, you know, some of these teams have lost their TV money. Uh, the, the Padres lost $60 million this year when Diamond Sports, Ballet Sports went dark. Uh, and baseball is, is funding them through this year. But that TV contract was back and loaded. They were going to get more money down road from their, their Ballet Sports TV deal. And their contracts they signed with the Tatises and the Machados was back and loaded. Now that TV money has gone. And they're going to be on the hook for all this money. And I don't think with the new streaming package that MLB's put in place, I don't think the Padres, nor Texas, nor Kansas City, nor Pittsburgh, the other markets that got hit by this, broadsided by this, they're not going to get the kind of money they were getting under the regional sports concept. So the Padres have just got a myriad of problems yeah. here, and it's other, other cities have the same problems too. Lee, finally, since I talked to you last, the Vegas Golden Knights won the Stanley Cup. You know hockey as good as anybody. You don't shy away from it. You talk about it. We had the draft last night, and 
I just like the way the Golden Knights went all in. You could talk about their first expansion year and how they had an advantage, but they didn't make the playoffs the year before they won the Cup. So they were out of the playoffs completely. They win the Cup. They get Jack Eichel. They get Barbashev. They just said goodbye to Riley Smith. The job of Kelly McCrimmon and I think George McPhee and what they've done to bring stars to Las Vegas as Edmonton's trying to compete. San Jose, Los Angeles, other big markets back east like Boston. They got a big break. Bruce Cassidy fired, taking the Bruins to the cup and then losing, and he wins here, which is remarkable in a podcast. What do you think about this run here for Vegas, who really built this team correctly and seemed to be loaded going into next year? Uh, To borrow one of my phrases, bleeping brilliant. I mean, what McPhee has done what McCrimmon did. Now, granted, the National Hockey League, when they took all of Bill Foley's money, came up with a different set of rules as to how they were going to stack the expansion team's roster to the benefit of Vegas. I mean, historically, it used to be, I remember when they first, Washington Capitals came in and they took all the money uh, from the owner and they gave him a roster that won nine games. Well, the league said that's never, ever going to happen again. So they've really taken care of Vegas in terms of the expansion structure. Uh, and then they drafted well, and they traded well. And then one year they have injuries, the next year they don't. I mean, what Aiden Hill did for them in goal is, what, the fifth goaltender on the roster when this whole thing started? That's pretty impressive. But they got a really good team in front of them. So now I will tell you, winning is fleeting in the NHL because your team is never the same from year to year. So you enjoy this. There will be some age. There might be some injuries. There will be guys who won't have the same seasons. But just collectively, what a good group that has come together uh, in Vegas uh, to really make, you know, Las Vegas an unbelievable hockey town. And, you know, you're only as good as the weakest link. Well, they decided, the league decided years ago, we're not going to have the weakest link be the expansion team just so we can take their money. So I, I think the league bears real credit here for how they've done to help these expansion franchises. But, yeah, Vegas is really good. It's all cyclical. You know, the Kings were really good. They won cups, then they fell apart. They got old. They had big contracts. Now the Kings are on their way back because of the boldness of Rob Blake. The Ducks, you know, were right there, won mm-hmm. a cup. Then they, they went through a real bad cycle. They had so many kids loaded that looked like they were about to go to Anaheim. So, you know, the, the Western Division, the Pacific Division in the NHL, it's going to be something going forward. But Vegas has got the cup, and they're going to have a fun time going around uh, the U.S. and Canada with that cup with all those Vegas players. Yeah, thank you for that. Lee, it's the best website out there. You update it several times a day. Tell everyone how they can find you. You like sports? Check it out. Part of it's written, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. You like sports? Check out my podcast. That thing is blowing up. I don't know what the (laughs) hell I'm doing, but it's working. But uh, we cover sports every day of the week. Thank you, Lee. Have a great vacation. Thanks, JT. You got it. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. That was great sports talk, and I had nothing to do with it. That's why I put sports radio host on, let him talk. He covered everything. You know, Hacksaw, I'm filling in for Jim Rome for a couple days next week. I do that every summer in L.A., and, you know, Hacksaw, Jim Rome, I got my start as a caller. I won the first smack off as a caller in San Diego as JT from La Jolla, not JT the Brick. Long time ago, Bobby, before I met Bobby, right after that. And the first show people ask me, and they don't ask me this often, but you know, people say, hey, did you listen to Mike and Mad Dog in New York? No, I didn't. I was a stockbroker. I was busy working. When I got out west, did you listen to Jim Rome first? No, I listened to Hacksaw. I was listening to Hacksaw, and I heard his monologues. And his monologues were about 20, 25 minutes. And I said, if I'm going to get in the business, I'm going to put my monologue and try to frame it the way Lee does. 
which is just 25 minutes of several topics, strong opinions, setting the table so then everybody can jump in and react to those opinions. He's had a big impact on my career, Hacksaw. Good man. And he just eviscerated the San Diego media. I just tweeted it out. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton just called the media in San Diego gutless as we discussed the Padres and their 37-43 and 43 record. Hey, you're qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game. You have a shot at winning the weekly grand prize this week's trip. Five days in Maui, 1,500 cash, so you can take 3,000 in cash. Take the trip or take the cash. Call in now. Seventh caller wins. If I'm in this position, I'm not adding, okay? I mean, that, I think that would be pretty silly, okay? I mean, uh, you know, I would, I would probably do very little. That's Steve Cohen. He's the owner of the Mets, and the Mets are a debacle, disaster, and he's a billionaire, and he bought the Mets, and everyone thought the Mets would win the World Series and be better than the Yankees in New York. We just talked to Hacksaw, who talked about what's going on with the Padres as they're in the tank, and the Mets are just as bad. Mets 36-44. and 44. 17 games back in June. We're not talking seven back. 17 games behind Atlanta, and they brought in Verlander and Scherzer. You want to talk about a waste of money? I'm not talking about big issues in life, feeding the homeless, much more important things, infrastructure. You imagine being a billionaire and not putting your hundreds of millions into investments and making more money. You put it into Verlander and Scherzer, and you get no return on it? More from Cohen here at his press conference, which was really good. It was must-listen as the owner of the team here because if you look at the situation of where they're in and what they're talking about now, the Wolves are at the door. He talked about not adding at the deadline, and he's blaming the players. You know, the players there because Buck Showalter, as you know, is the, he's the manager of the team. I'm blaming the manager. I always blame the manager when a team stinks, not the owner of the Mets. We'll see where it goes. It's on the players. They're veterans. They've been there before. These are you know, players that have done it, and we'll see if they can get their act together and, and string together some win. Ooh, that is a tough place to be in, man. That is a really tough place to be in. When we talk about owners, and anywhere from Mark Davis, who is not a billionaire, to other ones who are really big billionaires, I always look at these owners, and they do everything to win. They spend as much money as they possibly can. Of course it's on the players and the coaches. After the owner does everything you ask him to do, increases budget, gets every player, agrees to free agents, it's the job of the coach, the GM, and the team to get it done. We are so excited to see PTs and what they have with the Golden Knights championship, and they got a player coming tonight. Zach Whitecloud. Right now, tonight, Thursday night from 6 to 8 p.m., they're offering a $3 Michelob Ultra Pine Special served in a commemorative VGK cup. This is going to be fantastic. I'm going. Zach Whitecloud, meet and greet. Tonight, 6 to 8 p.m., Sierra Gold, 215 and Jones. Sierra Gold, 215 and Jones, Zach Whitecloud. Remember I told you the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7? Well, this is from 6 to 8. Half-price drinks, the commemorative cup. You got a VGK star there. This is going to be unbelievable. PTs, I want to give Blake Sartini, Steve Arcana, Ross Godovin, and so many more people the credit for putting this deal together with the Vegas Golden Knights. And it hit. 
It hit. They won the Stanley Cup. You want to talk about a smart marketing move? Do business with Vegas Golden Knights, and they do business with PTs, and that's a match made in heaven. Zach Whitecloud tonight, meet and greet, 6 to 8 p.m., Sierra Gold, 215 in Jones. I'll see you there.